The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans, for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast, everyone. It is that time. The NFL is officially done with the preseason. The regular season is just around the corner, and we are pumped and ready to rock and roll. Should be a lot of fun to talk briefly. It should be a short episode today with uh, Tony with the roster cuts. There are a few surprises, but for the most part, a pretty straightforward cut for the Vikings today. So looking forward to talking about that. But first of all, Tony, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, we're we're just inching our way closer to the regular season. So I am uh, very patiently uh, waiting. But but boy, oh boy, you know, every day that we have these, you know, roster cut downs, and certainly I think there might be some moves that come down the pipeline uh, before uh, the Bucks game. Uh, but but I'm just I'm just getting excited. I, I I have to keep reminding myself we have this in between week. Uh, where there is no NFL football, uh, because boy, oh boy, I, I sure wish week one was next week. I don't know about you. I am 100% with you right there. And I think I maybe even talked about that on our last episode of just how frustrating this extra week in between is. But in the same aspect, it probably helps the Vikings and other teams around the league prepare more for their week one game, get all freshened up, ready to go. And also it helps the NFL to avoid the last big hurrah before the end of summer, if you will, Labor Day weekend. Oh, sure. I suppose. Minnesota State Fair is going on. So uh, any of my uh, fellow Minnesotans out there, if you haven't been out, uh, I have been. It was plenty hot, Um, (laughs) but uh, but always good good eats. Some good eats, some good drinks. I had a uh, blueberry slushy alcoholic beverage, uh, and uh, that was mighty tasty. And uh, Tony is now no longer able to do the show. He is too inebriated. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't today. It wasn't today. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, good. Good, good, good. But yeah, uh, yeah, you never know what they're going to have at those those state fairs like it, there's always a new something or other like hey try this this sounds absolutely terrible but actually it's very very good <laughs> yeah right i didn't get to try it but i had a few uh the people that i was there with uh tried they have a, a deep fried chocolate chip cookie bowl Okay, so follow me. Ooh. Deep fried there chocolate are some chip things that bowl. just sound really good too, by the way. <laughs> and then in the bowl was mini donut cinnamon ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So Well, uh, that yeah. just sounds great. So there exactly. you go. They're so. proving my theory wrong. <laughs> yeah. If anybody's looking for diabetes, you're going to be able to find it at the state fair. That's, that's right. Or, yeah, pretty much any like fair food, like you're 
you're gonna find it oh you're, yeah you're it's, definitely uh, gonna find it it's all tasty but uh yeah no i'm uh i'm good i i only need to go once a year and uh, i've had my fill that's right that's right. Well, hey, the uh, Vikings did some things today. Um, not sure if anybody is aware of that, but uh, the Vikings, um, just like every other NFL team for that matter, got down to the amount of players they needed to get down to, which is 53. But that does not mean, Tony, as we'll talk about here, that this is the final. 53-man roster. This is just, quote-unquote, the initial 53-man roster because there is a possibility that the Vikings could make at least one, if not multiple, waiver claims uh, or potentially even sign somebody from free agency or even make a trade or two. So there are possibilities. We saw the Vikings pick up Jalen Rager, who, by the way, made the 53-man roster today. Um, and Ross Blacklock, who didn't make it today. But uh, we saw them pick those guys up last year after those initial 53-man rosters were announced. So um, there is an opportunity that, or a possibility, I should say, that the Vikings do that again this year. Maybe not with, um, you know, maybe not with such high caliber of guys in terms of how they came out of the draft. Like Jalen Rager was a first overall pick or a first round pick. Um, and I think uh, Blacklock was a former second round pick. So both of those guys, pretty high uh, former draft picks. But yeah, um, so what we're going to do is uh, talk a little bit about this. Um, before we actually get to the actual cuts here, um, what are your initial thoughts, Tony, on the on the roster? And was there any any big surprises for you? You know, no uh, no major surprises for me, uh, to be quite honest with you. I think I was a little surprised that uh, that we kept as many wide receivers. I mean, I I guess I it's a crowded room. I mean, you got a lot of talent in there. I never really know what to believe when it comes to some of the speculation with. For instance, with the Jalen Rager stuff, I'm, I'm not saying it's not true that there was interest in trading him. There, there absolutely might be, may have been, you know, whatever. Um, but it just, again, I'm always like a little grain of salty with these things, kind of like when there was a quote unquote bidding war for Dalvin Cook, uh, <laughs> when uh, <laughs> we, we were going to basically end up releasing him, which is what happened. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like maybe there was a bubble receiver. There's some kind of chatter that maybe Blake Prowl was kind of on the bubble there. And uh, maybe if, if we would have been able to generate some trade interest for Rager, then Prowl makes the 53 Rager gets traded for either draft capital or who knows, you know, maybe another player. Um, So again, I don't really know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like you said, I think the, the roster is definitely not finished. I would be insanely surprised uh, if this is it, I think that we're going to see some moves within the next couple days, maybe over the next week, um, was a little surprised. I guess if there was one surprise for me, I was a little surprised that we did not, um, keep you, you might need to help me out on this one though, Carson, uh, corner that we picked up in the off season. 
Uh, was it J- Joe Jawan or um, uh, Joe Jawan Williams? Yeah. Jo- yeah. So um, because I, I I had heard that he had a pretty good camp and it just seems like we may be a little thin at corner, especially yeah. with all the young guys. So um, and I felt like, you know, Booth kind of looked a little suspect. I don't think that's a controversial take, uh, but yeah. Booth made the 53. So I don't, I'm, I kind of feel like when and if we see some moves, and I think it's more of a when than an if, uh, we might see some shuffling with those corners. But that's, you know, that that's my speculation, but I'm sticking to it. All right. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think that's totally out of the realm of possibilities that the Vikings maybe try and trade for a corner. Um, our friend and former contributor uh, of the show, David, the other night on his show, made mention of trading for Xavier Howard. And I think I think Xavier is a little too old and for my money, especially I, I can't remember who he said we would trade. I can't remember uh, the name that he said we would trade, but I I just don't know. Uh, I looked at Xavier Howard's uh, PFF numbers, and I know some people hate PFF, whatever, but I did not think his PFF numbers were very good, and PFF gave him like a grade in the mid-50s last year overall, so it just kind of tells me that he's on his way out. Sure. Um, and I saw, I think it was Hawkinson. I think he mentioned Hawkinson and I think Hawkinson's way more valuable than Xavier Howard at this point. I don't think Xavier Howard's a top 15, maybe even top 20 corner in the league anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's just my thought. Yeah. As far as value is concerned, you're absolutely right. I think the context in which we were kind of talking on, the, on that subject was that, with some of the, shall we say again, kind of grumblings around the team uh, and some of the reports that have come out, it sounds like Hawk is trying to get paid like a, you know, top two tight end in the league. And, and you know, I can't necessarily blame him for that because I think he's up there. I think he's definitely top two, maybe maybe top three uh, tight end in the league. and uh, At, at you know, bare minimum, top five, right? For sure, and and I think a good case could be made that that again he's right there in the mix. I mean, Kelsey obviously is kind of undisputed number one, uh, but but where he slots in behind Kelsey, I think you could make a good case for two or three. Uh, and and anyway, the reason why I say that is because if he's looking for this big time contract, um, we also have another guy by the name of Justin Jefferson who I think is also looking for a pretty big contract. Um. Yeah. And it just would be really tough to keep a roster that's competitive when you've got guys that, uh, again, deservedly so, are at the top of their craft and they want to be paid like the top of their craft. It's very difficult. Um, and so while I would be very disappointed to see Hawkinson leave, um, I, I think if that's what he's looking for, I don't, I don't think that there's a spot for him here because I don't know if we can afford that kind of capital at that position when we have some other pretty glaring holes, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think if the context was Xavier Howard could be there and then he's affordable and, you know, we could keep him around for a while. 
I can see an argument there because uh, I do think at this point Hawkinson is willing to play on this year's contract. We haven't heard any different. Uh, let's hope that's definitely not the case. I, I don't think he's going to hold out on us. Um, let's fingers crossed, knock on wood that that doesn't come to pass. Um, but you know, at, at, that's the worst case scenario. I never know scenario, uh, is that it's a one year, another one year rental basically with him. And then he's, well, they could, they could just tag him because the tight end tag is not astronomical. Like it would be for like a quarterback. That's Um, true. That's very true. Yeah. So like uh, they could probably tag him for between ten to fifteen million dollars a year somewhere in there. Yeah. So that's not bad. I mean, no, you no. could you would definitely do that for just a year, but yeah. um, he wouldn't be happy about it. But right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. We've got the uh, we've got the stuff right here. I uh, went through the trouble and creating some graphics for everyone. Uh, so here's the Vikings 53-man 53, uh, 53 roster moves on offense. Uh, we already knew about Jordan Tiamu. I believe that's how you say that. I, sar- I apologize if that's not correct. Dwayne McBride, maybe one of the more questionable uh, cuts. Um, Tony, I think everybody was pretty excited about that kid coming out. And obviously, um, I think the biggest problems with him so to speak or at least on the football field is his inability to do much more than just run um he's not great in the past catching uh side of things and he's not great I, i've heard not great at like blitz pickups on like third down and stuff um so it kind of becomes an adrian peterson type of situation i'm not saying he's adrian peterson let me just make that very clear but he becomes that kind of guy that can only do one thing. He does it pretty well. He doesn't maybe do it like Adrian Peterson did, but he does it pretty well or did in college, but it's not warranted enough, according to the Vikings, to keep him on the 53-man roster. And I think that shows in where he was drafted, the seventh round, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and... It's not a surprise to me. I know this is the one that seems to be getting the most amount of attention. Not a surprise to me. As somebody who watched all of the preseason games, attended one of them, uh, I thought that McBride looked, I I mean, and again, I know this is hypercritical because I'm fat and slow and, you know, but we're not talking about me. Um, I'm not trying to make an NFL roster, but he looked slow. He looked slow. Um, he didn't look like he had any sort of burst at all. I mean, I know a lot of people talked about like vision, uh, to me, he looked like a worse version of a guy who actually had a free agent visit here just a little while ago. He, to me, looked like a worse version of Kareem Hunt. And that was, Mm. you know, Kareem Hunt coming out of college. That was also a thing. It was like, yeah, this guy's got really good vision, but you know, Breakaway speed, kind of not there. Isn't really a guy that's super shifty. You know, this isn't a Jameer Gibbs or Alvin Kamara. You know, it's like kind of what are they bringing to the table? Because you got to imagine when you get to the NFL level, everybody's fast. Everybody's fast and everything moves faster, quicker. They're stronger. So a guy that just doesn't have that explosiveness to him, 
eh, it's like Treadwell in a running back body that, to me. So <laughs> I wasn't, I, I was, I was kind of like, eh, like this guy could maybe be, uh, again, ceiling from me was maybe Kareem Hunt. And, and I said, I, you know, Kareem Hunt's done well, but, uh, you know, if you can't, if you can't put it together and have like elite vision and, uh, things like that, um, yeah, you're going to struggle. So he struggled. And so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose I should read these for the audio audience. Everybody's going to love this. Um, <laughs> so Jordan, Jordan Tiamu, the quarterback that they got, uh, he was an XFL product. Dwayne McBride, Abram Smith, Aaron Dykes, the running backs that were cut. Blake Prohl, Lucky Jackson, Jacob Copeland, Tristan J- Jackson, Thayer Thomas and Garrett Mag, the wide receivers that were waived. Tight ends, Ben Sims, Colin Thompson. Offensive lineman, Josh Sokol. And I thought there was maybe an outside shot for Sokol to make it. Uh, he was talked about a lot last year as maybe a future number two center behind Garrett Bradbury. Uh, Jack Snyder, uh, Alan Alley or Ollie, uh, Jared Williams, and Christian Delario. And then uh, placed on reserve non-injury football, non-football injury was Chris Reed, who will more than likely uh, take that ninth, what would be the ninth offensive line spot for the Vikings when he comes back because the Vikings only kept eight offensive linemen, which I found very interesting, Tony. Um, You know, I think last year they kept 10. So that's two less offensive linemen. Like I said, I think they'll get Chris Reed back at some point and he'll probably force one of these guys to get cut. But, um, so yeah, yeah, there's the offensive cuts. Any, any other further thoughts? I'm kind of, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't, uh, keep Josh Sokol, but especially with Chris Reed going on the, on the list, but yeah, not, not super surprised. I think that, uh, potential again, moves where we see waiver wire stuff, uh, guys getting picked up. I wouldn't be surprised to see again some shuffling with that offensive line depth as you you kind of already mentioned. So, yeah. All right, let's see before we continue. Oh, we got a comment here. Um, should we should have kept Sokol because his name is so close to Skull? Yes, absolutely. Skullkull. You can't you can't yeah, that's right. You can't <laughs> cut Skullkull. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> uh, there you go. There you go. Um, but, uh, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, so the defensive side of the ball, um, they waived defensive lineman, Ross Blacklock, Asesia Tumwo from Minnesota, uh, TJ Smith. I'm sure that hurts Tony's heart, by the way, um, <laughs> since he's such a big Gophers fan, yeah. uh, <laughs> Calvin Avery. Um, and then, uh, the edge rushers, Luigi Valane, a little bit of a surprise there. There had been talks of DJ Wanham potentially getting cut, but he actually survived. Um, and then Benton Whitley, um, another edge, and then linebacker Wilson Huber. Corners, Jalen Williams, Jamison Houston, CJ Calden Jr., and Kalen Barnes. And then they contract, the contract was terminated of Sheldon Day, Troy Reeder. That one came to a tiny bit of a surprise to me. I thought maybe he had a chance over Troy Die, but the Vikings seemed to love Troy Die. Um, and I thought maybe they'd try and keep a little bit more veteran leadership, but I think 
Jordan Hicks probably gives them that. Tanner Vallejo, Joan Williams, that one was probably a pretty big surprise for most people. Jake Gervas, who was basically a body they needed to come in and play this past preseason game. Um, and he played every down, Kevin O'Connell said. So pretty impressive for a guy that came in the week of the game. Um, and also like Aaron Dykes did too. Um, so I think that was a couple weeks ago, but he came in the week of a, a game that he played. And then uh, Abraham Boplan, uh, Plain, Plan, um, and then Tay Gowan, um, all of them are both of them waived, injured uh, designation. Um, so any thoughts on those guys? Uh, besides the, you know, Joe Juan um, Williams, uh, no. I mean, I no major, major surprises for me. Um, I think the one thing that I've realized about Kevin O'Connell and the way that he treats preseason is I think it's really about preservation of starters and health. Um, obviously, we didn't see any starters, basically, uh, outside of potentially Ivan Pace um, play really much, if at all, uh, in the preseason. And uh, it also tells me, based on some of these waiver uh, our players that are waived, like, for instance, you mentioned uh, Luigi uh, Valane. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a guy that showed up for me, too, you know, throughout the preseason that I thought, oh, this is a guy could, you know, potentially make the 53. But I think they put a lot of weight on practice and the joint practices that they have. And so even though he we saw him a lot because he played a lot, I think that really the way KOC and this staff operates is these are the audition games for these guys. And the guys that get maybe limited reps, maybe in the first game, and then basically all the first team reps in practice, if they see enough there, like they're kind of locked in. And that's where they make those evaluations versus in those preseason games. So even though a guy like Wanham, for instance, you mentioned, you know, who knows, maybe uh, he's been showing out and showing great things in practices, the joint practices. Um, I think he did play a little bit, if I remember right, in that first game. Um, so I just, I think I figured that out, you know, where other teams, it's different. You know, they kind of have a healthy mix of getting guys in and out in the preseason. I, I just think uh, they like to do most of their evaluating of starters is going to be more practice than it is going to be in these preseason games, which is probably what's leading this team to not ever win preseason games. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like we care, they don't count. So whatever. My Padre is chiming in once again and wants to know why do starters even suit up in the preseason? I don't know. They just do it in case Blake uh, break glass in case of an emergency situation, I guess. Um, or maybe they just want to be in their game clothes. I don't know. Maybe they're comfortable. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins is wearing his helmet for the first two. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, he commented on that in the post-game press conference or one of the press conferences in the last week or two or in the last few days um, yeah. that he's doing it to get the calls. And we kind of knew that already, but just kind of confirming. But why not wear a headset, man? You're in the NFL. You've been in the NFL for how long? Why do you need to be comfortable getting the play calls in through your headset at this point? I'm, I don't know. Just, just a uh, another 
pet peeve of mine, I guess. But well, if you've watched quarterback, it's Kirk Cousins. It, so it's you know if you've <laughs> watched the show for most quarterbacks, if you've watched the show quarterback, it should come as no surprise. You know him and all of his exactly. mental reps uh, that he does. So <laughs> I would imagine for him, he would say, "Well, I could put on a headset." but that doesn't simulate the game because it's not going to sound the same as if I was wearing my helmet and he has a point. So I'm, I guess I'll stop there. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we're going to stop bashing cousins moving on. That's right. Um, so before we end, we're like I said, this is a pretty short show. We're just going to quickly go through the initial 53 man roster offense and defense. So, um, Kirk Cousins, quarterback, Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, uh, running backs and are just backs. Uh, Alexander Madison, Kane Wongwu, Ty Chandler, CJ Ham, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, Johnny Munt, and Nick Muse. All the tight ends made the uh, cut, except for the ones that I mentioned um, earlier. And then receivers. Um, I know you're going to die of shock here, Tony, but Justin Jefferson made the cut. I mean, he was on the bubble. (laughs) Uh, KJ Osborne uh, listed with Justin Jefferson, so it it appears as if those two are considered the starters, the top two wide receivers. So it was listed on the Vikings website like this, Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne, and then Jordan Addison, Jalen Naylor, Brandon Powell, Jalen Rager is looking like he's the odd man out if the Vikings, you know, were to pick up another wide receiver. Um, not saying that it couldn't change or whatever, but anyways. Um, and then offensive linemen, only eight. Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, Brian O'Neill, Austin Schlopman, Blake, uh, Blake Brandle, um, and then Ole Udo. Those are the... Uh, those are the 2023 offensive initial 53 uh, players. Um, again, Tony, I think the only thing that really is interesting is the Vikings keeping only three running backs, keeping four tight ends, and keeping only eight offensive linemen. I guess I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, are you kind of a little taken back by it, or you're kind of like, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, again, we can see so much shuffling that could potentially happen. Uh, I'm a little surprised with the running backs uh, just because, again, the depth is not super great, especially, I mean, because we don't know what we have in Kene, right? Like, we don't really know where he's at health-wise. Um, granted, they haven't had to necessarily disclose that. It's not a requirement yet. Uh, for them to disclose kind of exactly where he's at with his injury status. But that's a surprise to me. Um, again, could we could we find, uh, you know, another back out there? Certainly there are some. I saw a lot hitting the waivers today. I can tell you that. Um, and then, yeah, four tight ends. Um, you know, and, and it's hard to necessarily dispute the cause for Nick Muse making the team. I thought that he had a about as good of a preseason as you could possibly ask for. Um, I kind of thought maybe he could have pushed potentially Munt out. Um, and that could have been a surprise. The best side end of the league, though. Come on. <laughs> uh, especially with the addition of Oliver. But I don't know. I mean, 
there's just there's this crazy conspiracy theory with me with Hawkinson. I I think you know Quasi is a smart dude, and because he is a, I'm not trying to speak this into existence. So I just want you to know I don't feel good about saying what I'm about to say here, Carson. It would kind of make sense for this team, depending on where they're at with Hawkinson's uh, contract situation to explore what we could get for Hawkinson. Because I think if we do wait till the end of the season and the thought is, is maybe internally they they've kind of already talked about the tag and that maybe no dice. We don't really want to go down that road. Maybe they feel like Hawk might try to hold out if we tried to tag him or he doesn't sign like a lot of weird things can happen. So you don't want to lose an asset um, without getting something out of it, especially if it's a valuable asset. Um, So I don't know. There's a part of me that kind of feels like they might be exploring some options there. I, I really want him on this team, but I mean, I don't know. You could probably get it. It's a lot for him. And especially if, if we're talking about a player or even a player in draft capital, especially if it's a decent player on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know. I mean, you could, you could talk me into it. I, I hate to say it. What do you think? <laughs> what? Do you, oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Sorry. No, 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 um, no, no, no. I was just yeah. leaving it on that cliffhanger there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I was just looking through the Twitters, um, so that's why I was distracted. But uh, the X verse, I was that the X verse, yeah. Um, so um, JT O'Sullivan, former uh, quarterback in the NFL, he has what's called the QB school. I think I've talked about it before on this show, but. Um, he has the QB school on social media, and then he's also got it like on YouTube. He's got a bunch of videos, and he uh, just about uh, two hours ago uh, from the time this is recorded um, that he posted a Jaron Hall preseason week three film review. So if you're looking for something to watch this week... That might be something to watch just to just to hear what old JT O'Sullivan says um, about Jaron Hall and his future with the Vikings. Just something to just something to keep in mind. Something but, to chew on. Um, something to chew on. I'm I'm definitely gonna try and make time to watch that because um, even though JT O'Sullivan was not a good quarterback in the NFL, I I still respect his opinion on uh, on players for sure. So. Yeah. Um, so the last last uh, slide we've got, or the last graphic we've got here, is the defensive side of the 53. Um, so we'll go through that real quickly. Defensive linemen, Dean Lowry, Harrison Phillips, Kyrus Tonga. Those are the starters behind them. Jonathan Bullard and Jaqueline Roy, um, the rookie from LSU. Outside linebackers, Marcus Davenport and Daniil Hunter, those are your starters. DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones the second, and Andre Carter the second. Um, he made the team, uh, one of the three UDFAs to make it. Inside linebackers, Jordan Hicks, boo. Jo- <laughs> Brian Asamoah the second. Troy Dye and Ivan Pace Jr., and uh, cornerbacks, Byron Murphy Jr. There's only five this year uh, on the initial. Uh, Michaela Evans, 
Andrew Booth Jr., Makai Blackman, Najee Thompson, and six safeties. This might be the most shocking of all the uh, position groupings, Tony, in terms of you never see this, but I think based on the talent the Vikings had, they did this the right way. Uh, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Josh Metellus, Lewis Seen, Jay Ward, and Theo Jackson, uh, the safeties. I was a little surprised by Theo Jackson. Um, not that he hasn't been good, but I was just, you know, sometimes you take stock into those things. Sometimes you don't, but apparently the Vikings did. Um, he could very well be one of the first guys out though. Um, if, um, a move is made. Um, and then, uh, specialist Andrew DePaola, the long snapper, best in the league. Um, Greg Joseph, not the best in the league, but still um, on the team. And Ryan Wright, speaking of one of the best in the league, punter Ryan Wright made the uh, made the roster. He had a, like a 60-plus yard punt on the third preseason game when uh, Tony was in attendance, by the way. We never talked about that. Tony uh, in attendance at the old bank on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was uh you know, obviously we lost, but when I left, admittedly, I did not uh, stay until the very bitter end uh, because it is preseason. <laughs> and and I we, might have had to have a word with you if you did. Yeah, we we took the train. I mean, I in. watched it, but <laughs> yeah, if I would have been at home, I would have watched the entire thing. And and actually, to to really tell you how sick in the head I am, I actually recorded the game at home because I knew I probably wasn't going to. Uh, wasn't going to watch everything live. So then I had a backup to come home and then watch whatever I missed uh, live. So, uh, no, I did not get to witness us losing. Um, and we took the train in, so we wanted to beat the uh, the crowds leaving. But boy, oh boy, that stadium is, if you haven't been, it is an absolute gorgeous arena. Um, it... Uh, is about $50, by the way, for one brat, a burger, and two sodas. Um, <laughs> but outside of the uh, what you would assume, again, is expensive stadium fare, um, it is uh, just a beautiful place to watch a ball game. And uh, they, had, they had the doors open. It was a beautiful day in Minneapolis. Yeah. The high was 70 degrees, so it was like the air was oh. moving in. It was perfect. So that it was uh, beautiful. It was. It was super cool. Um, I got to see all the cool stuff in the first half, so that was cool. Got to see the horn, or got to hear the horn, be a part of the skull chant, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, lots of skull chants. Yeah. And not in the second half, though, I'm assuming. So. No, 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 <laughs> less, less. Less in the second uh, half, yeah. But, yeah, got to see the touchdowns early. Obviously, the big uh, sack fumble. That was super fun. Um Surprisingly for, again, a meaningless preseason game, good turnout from Vikings fans. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you the stadium was full, but it was it was still very busy, and it was loud. Fans were there. They were showing up. They were loud. They were, uh, you know, supporting the team. So uh, kudos to all the Vikes fans out there. It was a good showing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Tony, real quick, um, is there anybody that's on the waiver or maybe potentially available that you think the Vikings could or maybe should go after? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. 
You know, I without going back and looking through everything that I saw come across my feed today um, while I was also working <laughs> my regular nine to five job, um, I don't have you anybody to, to living, really. Huh? Well, every once in a while, it's loosely work. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's it, it, you know, there's nobody that really comes to mind like, oh, man, I can't like we can't miss, uh, you know, this opportunity. Didn't necessarily see anything like that, but. Um, I would say one that kind of perked my ears up. I don't, it doesn't make sense for the, for the Vikings, but it also maybe makes sense for my opinion. So, uh, I was a little surprised as most of the league, uh, today when, um, Bailey Zapp from New England got cut today. Um, Bailey Zappy. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it, it is Zappy, isn't it? Um, yep. You know, because of my view on where I believe Hall's trajectory is, um, and me pretty much obviously knowing that Mullins is a backup, you know, he's not a starter caliber player. I'm not saying Zappy would have been like, oh, maybe this guy could be like the next starter, but would I take him over Hall right now? Probably. Um, would I take him over Mullins? Maybe. Um, so I, that one to me is a little intriguing. Do I think the Vikings uh, do it? No, like, no, I just think there's other areas and I think they feel pretty good about their quarterback room. Kirk rarely ever gets hurt. Knock on wood again. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think that's one they're going to flirt with, but that was the only one that kind of perked my ears up and I kind of went, mm, how would he fit? Maybe, but um, I'd be interested to hear if you have any, I know there were some running backs, uh, that made me kind of go, Hmm, but I'd have to go back through the list. Yeah. So, uh, one guy that comes to mind, I mean, there are quite a few on this, uh, running backs list. Um, Trey Sermon. I don't know if you remember him. He's been in the league maybe a couple of years already, yeah. but, uh, former standout running back at Ohio state. And maybe he just doesn't have anything in the tank. But uh, Trey Sermon was a guy that I thought would be intriguing, at least to give a look to. Cornerback sure. um, Bradley Roby uh, was another wave or cut. Um, and I know there were some other possibilities the Vikings maybe had looked into as well. But uh, yeah, those are a couple of names I would say are of interest to me. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with what you said earlier in the show, Tony, about like, this is not the final, uh, 53, like there, there's going to be at minimum, and it's probably going to be at least two or maybe even three, but I'd say there's going to be at least one move, if not more. I know that's not really huge to say, but you know, I, I, I would be, I would be pretty blown away if there was not at least one move made. Yeah. Yeah. Desmond King is another one. Oh, my boy. Yeah. I, I talked about bringing him in last year. They should have. Was he actually cut? I think he was. Yeah. Okay. Well, bring him in. Bring him in. He was he was actually for a good part of the season. Um, He was actually a good part of the season a year ago. One of the uh, one of the better slot corners in the league um by pff so i don't know if houston just really wants to take a look at their younger players because they are in a rebuilding year i mean that would that would make sense but uh i think uh 
I think, yeah, Desmond King, I'd be fine if he comes to Minnesota because, you know, Hawks. Go Hawks. I'm a big <laughs> Hawkeye guy, and he's a former Hawkeye. So, And uh, former uh, Thorpe Award winner, I believe. I think that's right. Jim Thorpe, was he the cornerback guy, I think? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody can prove me wrong in the comments otherwise. but That's uh, right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We've got some bad juju coming in here. <laughs> I have a bad feeling they won't keep Jefferson after this season, depending, of course, on how Addison does. They need to get salary cap under control. Yeah. Well, um, let me just tell you some good news uh, from from what I heard this morning. Um, if I can find it, I'm going to, well, let me, let me, let me add it. While you look, let me add my, my two cents really quick. Only because I was the instigator of some of this uh, propaganda earlier this off season. If you tell me that this team is gonna, you know, again, not have a great season. Let's say we end up where all the pundits put us somewhere between seven and nine wins, right? This season, maybe miss the playoffs. Now that's going to put us not super high up in the draft order. So we're kind of in this like weird position. If we feel like we need to rebuild, which I think we kind of need to start acknowledging that maybe they do ship Justin Jefferson off. Cause guess what? There is a team that would pay up big time for the number one receiver in the oh, NFL. Gosh. And Let's say we want to go up and get Caleb Williams at the number one pick, and we will trade Justin Jefferson. Obviously, Kirk's going to walk because obviously his contract's over. Well, look, it's not the worst deal in the world. I mean, you know, I, especially if Addison looks like something we could, uh, I don't want to say necessarily like build around, but a receiver is going to be limited. I mean, how many of these star receivers have we seen come and, come and go? They're, you know, in the league and they still can't win Super Bowls because you need a good team around them. A couple that come to mind, Calvin Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, like these guys, you know, phenomenal receivers. Randy Moss kind of doesn't mean anything until they can get on a good team with a good roster. Yeah, he didn't win a, a Super Bowl. And, Stephon know. Diggs. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. I mean, so Devontae I love Adams. It. I, I, I love I love Justin Jefferson and I of course want to see him in purple but I don't think I'm in love with him enough to basically be okay with not building a Super Bowl caliber roster <laughs> you know that's that's the trade-off right like you know so I don't know that's all I'm saying yeah we talked about what kind of package that would get the Vikings talking it would probably be at least the Tyree kill package for them to say yeah. anything like, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Let's hear a little more. Okay. We're, we're getting somewhere now. Yeah. Um, but here's what Diana Russini, another, again, I think I quoted her recently on a, one of our episodes, but uh, very trusted NFL reporter. And then we're going to wrap the show up. Uh, the Vikings have been motivated to get wide receiver Justin Jefferson's contract done all summer. Both sides have traded proposals on the deal, not traded like trade proposals. Like they're <laughs> just want to make that clear traded proposals on what the deal will look like. She is told that conversations are going well, but it's not done yet. 
This is all happening while the reigning NFL Offensive Player of the Year has never missed a practice during training camp. All optimistic, huge deal will be completed. So there you go. Sounds like things are going well in terms of um, the negotiations, even though it's not done yet. There's somebody that had to type, oh, if it was going well, wouldn't the deal be done already? Well, not necessarily. There's, there's a lot that goes into a contract that we don't even know the half of, I think, Tony. Like yeah. There are so many minute details, like with workout bonuses and oh, if he gets 2,000 yards and wins MVP, there's another $10 million bonus or something. I don't know. Just, yeah. you know, crazy things like that. Like, and that's just not, that's just one side of it. Like, if there's like a clause for something that, oh, well, if this happens, then you don't get this. Or if that happens, then you get, you know, different things like that. So I'm just, oh yeah. People just need to, you know, like old Rogers used to say, R-E-L-A-X. Oh. relax or as rogers used to also say go hide in a hole for a week and you'll be better off for it <laughs> well uh, some of us can't afford to do that but congrats yeah. rogers that's right <laughs> just don't see your shadow otherwise we got six more weeks of winter that's right that's right uh so there it is there it is that is uh our 53 man roster reaction show um, if the Vikings make any significant moves uh, before the, um, well, I should say in the next few days, we'll probably do a video, probably a short video on it. Um, but uh, we also, um, in the next week, are going to have plenty of content for you guys. We're going to have a Lions preview, a Lions season preview. We want to scout the North. We're scouting the North to see how bad they're going to be or how good they're going to be depending on the team. Um, so we're scouting the lions. We're scouting the Packers. We're scouting the bears. You should have put the Packers last because that's what they deserve. But, uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> so anyways, we're going to do those three shows. Then we're doing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers preview for next week. So looking forward, uh, to doing that. Uh, we don't have a guest lined up as of yet, but hopefully we're hoping to get someone, Sort of prestigious. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, you always got to shoot your shots, right? That's so right. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, plenty of great content coming for you guys. The off season's over. We're ready to grind. And then, uh, as I uh, as we had scrolling at the bottom of our screen, um, join us for Fan Express lines starting in Week One, right after the Bucks game. Fifteen minutes after the game on Sunday, September 10th, right here on our YouTube channel. For those of you that are watching us live on our YouTube channel, Skull Purple Pod on YouTube. That is our YouTube channel. So for those of you that are wanting the instant reaction after the Vikings destroy the Buccaneers, uh, that's the hope. I probably just jinxed it. Um, but uh, you can join us here on YouTube instead of waiting for the audio version or you can still wait for the audio version. That'll probably be released Monday. Uh, I'm not going to release it right away because I want to give the uh, give our YouTube audience a little uh, little uh, what do you want to say? A uh, little, yeah. uh, little leg up on the competition. Little I don't leg know. up on the yeah leg up on the competition. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so there you have it, gentlemen. Um, and I guess I was referring to myself in that, and I guess whoever else is watching. So. 
Um, really <laughs> appreciate you. Hopefully, uh, maybe a lady in here too, but uh, thank you all for watching the Skull Purple Podcast. Plenty more content coming, guys. Excited to bring it to you. Tony, uh, looking forward to getting rolling here in the regular season, man. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's rock, baby. Yes, sir. All right. As always, Skull. Let's go.